You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'll be your host, Ali. You can follow me on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. And with me, as always, are my two amazing co-hosts. We'll start with you, Matt, who you can follow at MattFFDynasty. How you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, Ali. Despite, obviously, the disappointing weekend of sport that we had, obviously, had Anthony Joshua losing his heavyweight titles, um, getting smashed in the Ryder Cup by his uh, American friends, so... That wasn't much fun, and then um, the NFL didn't really get any better, did it? So, yeah, it's been a it's been a tough weekend, but I'm doing good apart from that. What about yourself? Yeah, not bad, Matt. As you mentioned, it's not been the best weekend for for real sports, so we're gonna stop talking about it right now and just talk about fantasy sports. So. <laughs> well, that's not much better, so <laughs> for me anyway. <laughs> oh dear. And on that note, we'll move on to my other amazing co-host. It's Kev, who you can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, very good, thanks, Ali. Um, unfortunately, stayed up last night and watched the uh, franchise QB, Jalen Hurts, ball out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, other than wasting time doing that, uh, feeling really good. And, um, yeah, an indifferent fantasy weekend. But, yeah, you got to got to be positive. It's better than being in off-season, not having anything to look forward to. So, yeah, just that. Uh, Looking forward to a great show today. Exactly. And it's still early days. You can still turn it around. So <clears throat> so today's show, we're going to be recapping week three of the NFL season, where we're going to be highlighting some of the key players and talking points from this week's action, and then analysing them from a dynasty perspective. So I'll come to you first, Matt. Who do you want to talk about? Yeah, I've gone for Najee Harris. Um, obviously, a, a surreal week. And it seems that Najee Harris has become the Steelers wide receiver one this week. Um, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, the most targeted player in the entire NFL this week. 19 targets, 14 receptions for 102 yards. And then added 40 yards as well on the ground on his 14 carries. Um, finished the week as the RB1 in PPR leagues this week. Um, but while obviously the final result is fantastic in, in terms of fantasy, I do have my concerns with Harris. Um, it feels like the receptions are saving what, what would have been a below average start to the season for him. Um, I think it's been proven by the fact that his receiving yards are actually higher than his, his rushing yards at the minute. He's got 123 <laughs> rushing yards and then 149 receiving yards, um, averaging just 3.1 yards per carry. Um, he's only got four broken tackles. And I don't think he's being helped out by this O-line, and that's been proven by the fact that he's averaging just two yards before contact. Um, he's been hit behind or, or at the line of scrimmage on 70% of his carries as well, which is the highest rate in the NFL. So clearly that's not helping either when it comes to, to running the ball. Um, and then we've got Big Ben obviously struggling as well. Opposing teams, they seem to be focusing in on, on Harris. His stack front carry rate is at 31%, which is ninth in the NFL. So teams clearly targeting Najee, knowing that, that Big Ben can't do much with his um, downfield threat. So, yeah, Najee Harris, current, currently the RB6 in, in fantasy, but I really don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do love the talent. We spoke about it all off-season. I really do like Najee Harris. Um, it's just his current situation. It, it's starting to scare me now, um, see, seeing what's happening. And then just thinking about the future outlook as well. It's potentially concerning. Obviously, we don't know what the 
the quarterback situation is going to be like in, in Pittsburgh once Big Ben retires or, or becomes a free agent. Um, and, and as I say, this O-line, it needs some some serious work doing to it sooner rather than later. Or I feel like we're not going to get to see the, the true Najee Harris. So my question back to you guys is, which side of the fence do you sit on when it comes to Harris? Um, are you more concerned with his efficiency as a runner? Or are you excited about the fact that he's obviously getting plenty of usage in the past game? Yeah, I'm definitely on the run game concern side of it with with Aris. I know we highlighted him a couple of shows ago, but I think what he did with really 14 captures on 19 targets in just game three of his NFL career is really impressive. Um, I felt it was more of a game getting out of hand and the running back role being available for quick dump-offs and easy completions rather than a game plan to feature Najee as a receiver. Um, we've got to factor in injuries to Deontay and Juju. It's really easy to paint a picture where the usage is nowhere like this moving forward. Um, so in my eyes, the short-term alert for Najee was the rush volume, the touchdowns, with a little bit of pass work as well. So um, like you said, Matt, the offense, it's looked worse than expected. You made some uh, great points about the O-line, the, the numbers behind that, and also the QB concerns. So I think in my eyes, I'm still high on Najee in Dynasty. I think his value has actually been insulated with injuries to guys like Akers, Etienne and Dobbins but the concerns I mentioned as a runner outweigh the expectations I had as a receiver Yeah for me it just just feels weird that running back with just one total touchdown so far as the RB6 on the year um, <laughs> whether whether that's down to how bad generally the running back situation has been this year and the injuries that are mounting up um, then I think as a whole quarterbacks seem to be throwing a ton more than they do normally and the Russian quarterbacks are, are doing the Russian themselves rather than handing the ball off. So I also think with Najee that you have to be on the, the run game concern side. Um, them stats you mentioned, Matt, 3.1 per carry and only four broken tackles is really not very good. Um, but then it's not like we didn't expect it coming into the season really with that atrocious O-line. Um, <clears throat> I think it's pretty much how I pictured it. Maybe just not with all the crazy reception numbers. Um, but then it's understandable with with the injuries to the key receiving options they had this week. Um, it's funny how we all thought that it'd be Big Ben getting injured and that blowing up the Steelers' chances, but he's the only one that's actually healthy while the elite receivers are now banged up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what's been impressive for me is it's been them receptions that Najee handled. Um, we knew he could be a decent enough receiving back in college with the 43 receptions in his final season at Alabama. Um, but to handle them 19 targets so impressively, just shows how good he can be in the NFL and he's certainly running back that I want to roster in Dynasty. Um, for the term, I am a bit concerned at how this offence is now going to put up points. Um, but like Kev said, I'm also very high on Najee in Dynasty. Love it. Glad, glad it it's, it's funny, Najee, isn't it? I know a lot of people say that he's um, one of the few Dynasty running backs that's that young that are actually more valuable in redraft. So... It's mm. it's an interesting one. I think there's definitely questions longer term, uh, but I think he's kind of been pushed up there with just how young he is and all the injuries around him. And like I say, that pass flaws, I don't expect it every week, but it's, it's yeah. nice to know he, he, he's got them sort of games in here if he does get a bit wild. Do you think that he can finish as the RB6 or in that range at the end of the season? Or do you think with the, the banged up offence with Big Ben... With the schedule, do you think that it's, it's going to go a bit downhill from here? 
I'm a bit concerned with it, to be honest. I don't like I say it's tough. Obviously, we're still quite early in the season and everything. But I mean, Big Ben is he, not looked good as he at all. Not even remotely good. Um, I, that video going around on Twitter and making that that, that <laughs> yeah. throw and falling over. I mean, it, it doesn't fill anyone with confidence. I mean, we, we've spoke about how much we like me and you, Ali, we like Deontay Johnson and, and everything. It's mm. it, it's tough just thinking that you've got Big Ben at quarterback. I mean. Is there is there a situation where they start thinking about maybe moving on to another quarterback? Do they give, I don't know, Rudolph maybe a chance? Do they look at a free agent? Cam Newton's obviously still available. I've heard whispers potentially. Look, could they look at Cam Newton? And, and we know what happened to his his receivers when when he was quarterback and, and especially running backs. We know um, he uh, he likes to carry it into the end zone. So it, it, mm. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to make a judgment on it at the minute. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely concerns. Yeah, it's a weird one with Cam Newton as well, still being on the sideline. And mm. I'd have thought he'd have been snapped up by now by a team, but yeah, I'm surprised. But there we are, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and with that, <laughs> we're going to move on to uh, to your pick, Kev. Who do you want to talk about? I'd like to talk about the star of the first half on Thursday night football, DJ Moore. Um, mm. Such a solid start to the season. He's currently wide receiver ten. Uh, and he's been the clear alpha wide receiver in this offense, out targeting uh, the superb Hall of Fame uh, caliber Terrace Marshall uh, <laughs> and also Robbie Anderson. And that's 31 targets to 14 um, to, I think, 11, which puts him at wide receiver five overall in targets in the NFL. Um, we know that DJ Moore's always been a popular guy in the dynasty community with his real-life performances and um, how good he's looked on film, plus he's 24, his age, that sort of gets people's juices flowing. Um, he's, o- he's only 24, but he's been in league and he's now entering his fourth season. So I know we've all been slightly lower on him in uh, in Dynasty than ADP. He's often been going around wide receiver 11. I think we're a little bit around that 13 to 15 range. Um, but being honest, I think fantasy-wise previously, he has been overrated based on what he's done. Um, I do think it looks a little bit different to me, though, this season with the usage, uh, the volume, uh, and it's only going to stay high short-term with the injury to McCaffrey. Uh, Now, Moore is not considered a touchdown guy, but I don't think it's all his fault. In the last three seasons, the Pampers have only thrown 36 touchdowns, and Moore's had nine of them, which is 25% share, which is still pretty solid. The issue still exists, though, with Darnold currently sitting on three touchdowns after three games. I think if Darnold was a... 30 touchdown a season guy we'd expect that number to be sort of seven or eight touchdowns for more on that basis so i think long term believe that dj Moore can be a dynasty stud with immense volume i think if everything did fall his way it's looking at someone like michael thomas in his prime someone that doesn't get tons of touchdowns but can take that many receptions i do think there is a ceiling like that on the horizon if he does continue to grow but i just want to know with his dynasty value higher than ever, is this <laughs> is DJ Moore a dynasty snog marry or avoid? And just to give a bit of context <laughs> to people that haven't come across this concept before, uh, snog would be a hold, marry would be a buy, and avoid is obviously a sell. Uh, personally, I'd rather not snog him, but <laughs> I would be I would be choosing that option right now. He's a he's a hold for me. Um, I think we spoke about him on in the the muddiest wide receiver rooms show where we discussed Carolina and just said that he's really had an amazing start to his career when you look at the stats. It's just them, as you mentioned, them touchdowns just aren't there. Um, four touchdowns is the highest output in the season, which is really bizarre given that he averages over a thousand yards 
through his first three seasons. Um, but he's off the mark this year. I know he's only got one touchdown, but he is dominating that wide receiver room. <clears throat> yeah, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't be buying him though. I think right now the price is going to be far too high. Um, equally, I wouldn't be selling him either. At just twenty-four years old, he's still obviously not reached his peak yet. So I'd one hundred percent be snogging him. I'd be holding him, um, <laughs> and I'd just be. I'm just going to be enjoying his the awesome chemistry that he's shown with Sam Donald so far. Yeah, my relationship with DJ Moore is a funny one. We're in love. I'd snog him, um, <laughs> but, but we can't get married. I can't afford the wedding, so uh, we, we can't get married. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, he's, he's obviously he's made a, he's made a great start to the season, and, and he's clearly Sam Donald's favourite target, like Ali mentioned. Um, the, the fact that Sam Donald's looked like that quarterback that we all hoped he would be now that he's, he's gone to Carolina, it's it's filling us all full of, of hope this season. Um, but as I say, it's just the price. I mean, DJ Markev, you just mentioned it, it was going as the dynasty wide receiver 11. Um, and obviously with, with the way things are going, I can only imagine that that's starting to creep up as well. So um, I just I just don't think I can afford to pay him. I think I had him wide receiver at 13 before the season started him. In my rankings, and and yeah, if it's going above wide receiver eleven, I just, I just I just don't want to pay up to get him to be honest. So um, yeah, it's just that concern. I think Kev, you mentioned it with the the lack of touchdowns. We've just said he's had, he's had one this year, and that takes him up to eleven. And and we've said that he's in his fourth season, so it is a concern. And and moving forward, Kev, you mentioned it with the the three touchdowns for Donald this year. It, it doesn't seem to have improved. So yeah, that's that's my only concerns. But he does have a really safe floor with that usage and the efficiency that he has. It's it's just the touchdown department, really, that's that's holding him back from being a potential elite uh, wide receiver. It's a dirty boy, isn't he, doing all this snogging, DJ Moore? I think <laughs> I'm saying as well, to be honest, I think we're, we're all bang on holding him in, in dynasty, like you said. Potential's there to go even higher, but people already had an inflated view of him. So <laughs> and the, the people that have him on the rosters, they're not giving him up for cheap. So, yeah, snog him. Lucky boy. <laughs> 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 We're going to move on to uh, another guy that I'd love to snog right now for being so good in my <laughs> dynasty teams. <laughs> and that's that's Mike Williams, the, the wide receiver one on the charges. Um, <laughs> it's ADP of wide receiver 42 in dynasty and 47 in redraft. It's absolutely fantastic value when you look at it now. And if you took took a shot on him in your drafts, you're certainly feeling happy now. Um, we know that how talent, talented he's always been. Drafted seventh overall in 2017. It's just never seemed to have put it all together for a full season. Um, only eclipsing a thousand yards once in 2019. Uh, in 2018, he did have 10 touchdowns, um, but he still only finished that season as a wide receiver 32, which is bizarre. Um, but this season, he started on absolute fire, wide receiver two through the first three weeks. His current pace is ridiculous 170 targets, 119 catches. 1,666 yards and 22 touchdowns. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not that's not going to happen. But um, Williams has certainly been the go-to the go guy for Herbert, especially in the red zone, securing four touchdowns already compared to star wide out Keenan Allen's one. Um, and Herbert himself actually started the season slowly, but, but it's been brilliant. He was brilliant in that win over the Chiefs. Um, and then if he, can, if he can carry on playing at that high level, then... There's no reason to believe that we can't have two top 20 wide receivers on the Chargers come the end of the season. Um, then looking longer term, it's, it's that all-important contract year for Williams. Uh, he obviously wants to earn a new deal. Um, and if he carries on how he started, then he gives himself a great chance of staying in LA. I certainly hope he, he stays and can, he 
is with uh, Justin Herbert for for a long time. But either way, I think there's going to be plenty of suitors for him if he does enter free agency in 2022. The only question left is, can he, of course, stay healthy, which is something that he's struggled to do so far in his career. Um, so just a, qu- a question back to you two. Through three weeks, Mike Williams is wide receiver two. Um, and given that he's in that contract year, would you be selling him if you owned him right now? And if you were, uh, what would it take to move him on right now? The one thing I will say before I get into it is that, that Kev won't be ripping me anymore, joking that Williams is, <laughs> is my wide receiver one in Dynasty. That, that, is, that is a fact. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what a hot start he's made to the season. Um, it's funny, Joe Lombardi said during the off-season that Mike Williams was, was going to be his new Mike Williams, and, and we all laughed at him, but looks like he was being dead serious about it, and, and Williams has, has looked fantastic. Um, however, I think I am still looking to, to move Williams on if I can. Um, there's obviously no doubt that he's seen a bump in value. Um, you mentioned, I think the key reason for me why I would be looking to move him on at the end there, Ali, I think it's just the health concerns. While he's, he's not really that just a, a deep threat anymore, he's obviously shown more to his game now, but he is still that jump ball target. And we know the numerous amount of injuries he's had during his career relating to that. So that's obviously my concern when it comes to Williams. If I can get a second for him, um, yeah, I think I'd be happy to to do that, um, especially if I'm a rebuilding team. There's obviously no doubt that if if contending teams are looking to to get some depth or improve the chances, they'll they'll potentially be looking Williams' way. So, yeah, if I could, I'd, I'd be looking to move off him. Maybe he could get a, a rookie or a younger player that's that's made a slow start for him. So, like a Elijah Moore or, or Terrace Marshall, somebody um, a, a rookie, like I say, that's that's not done too much at, at the minute. Or maybe you could get somebody that, that that's injured, package him up and get like a, a Jerry Judy, maybe if you're a contending team. Yeah, we, we know that Matt will be loving the fact he's looked into his dynasty wide receiver one turning into a beast. Um, all those previous shares from years past will have skyrocketed after this hot start to, to the year, and rightly so. Um, you absolutely nailed it with the coach speak. We were all pretty sceptical about what was being said about him being the main man, but it's been legit and being honest, I'm going to uh, give a, a tip of the cap to you guys, actually, about getting me on to Mike Williams. Um, I did pick him up in the Dynasty League this off-season based on, obviously, uh, Matt being a huge fan of Mike <laughs> Williams and also Ali being a, a Chargers fan. So um, <laughs> so that, that was a, a smashing move. I made a, a move Mike Davis straight up for him. So uh, wow. feeling feeling pretty happy about that move right now so cheers for that lads um i saw a really interesting post on twitter by cooper adams who was comparing this year's mike williams to 2020 will fuller in relation to the transformation from a a low volume deep threat guy to becoming a higher volume diverse route tree all-round legit nfl wide receiver um this comp absolutely fits for the narrative uh, you mentioned with the injury concerns you raised ali it's uh it's like Williams and Fuller are, the, are that Spider-Man meme, <laughs> the same person. Um, so, yeah, I honestly believe that Williams is playing himself into a new contract with the Chargers. We saw something similar with Devontae Parker's fifth-year breakout. And what you've got to think is this usage and this performance he's had in his first year with the new head coach and offensive coordinator. So, I think as a dynasty owner, like you said, I want him tied to Herbert. I just hope he takes the situation over. Uh, the wads of money that he'll be offered uh, in the off-season. So in terms of selling Williams um, or having Williams on any dynasty team, I'd want some exposure to him. I think his ceiling is 
really appealing. It's at a really high ceiling with what's shown this year. Uh, but I don't think you want to own me every league uh, based on some of the concerns mentioned with injuries. Um, I know a second round was mentioned as a, an asking price, but I'd be shocked if you can't get a first thing with how he's started the season. I've also seen some pretty tasty takes on Twitter where he's already uh, above Keenan Allen in Dynasty rankings if he keeps it up much longer. Wow. <laughs> I think I'd rather few, Ross... uh, well, a, few, <laughs> a few games can make to, to I know it's, the same yeah. value of a, of a player. Honestly, the polls, it were like Williams versus Keenan Allen, Williams versus... Alan Robinson, uh, someone else in that sort of eight to twelve range, and mm. yeah, Mike Williams above all them, all them guys. So it's it's pretty tasty. But you got to think if he ends up finishing wide receiver two this season, <laughs> he's got two two and a half years on Keenan Allen. It's not crazy to rank him above him if he finishes this season that okay. high. Okay. It's not. He's got the talent. He's got the draft capital. So. We know he can do it. Was he just uh, underutilised or used in the wrong way? Uh, who knows? And like Will Fuller as well, he got his hair cut and he turned into a beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Justin Herbert had his hair cut and turned into a Muppet. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Always right. Uh, we're going to move on now to uh, another guy that started on absolute fire this season. So, Matt, who, who do you want to talk about? Yeah, I've gone for another young running back, and it's uh, DeAndre Swift. Currently sits as the RB3 this season. Um, and I think the thing that really excites me is um, it's just that floor. I think he seems to have shown that he's got such a, a safe floor. And, and the performance he's putting in at the minute, they feel like that's the floor. I feel like there's so much room for him to, to improve and, and expand on what he's done so far. Um, he's only had 33 carries for 123 yards. Um, and a touchdown. So, as I say, not really being utilised that much in in the running game. Um, but he's seen plenty of opportunities in the passing game. Twenty three targets, nineteen receptions, one hundred and sixty six yards, and a touchdown. Um, I think it's just Jamal Williams being there is, is becoming a bit of a thorn into in the in the side of Swift. Um, he's had forty one touches compared to Swift fifty two. So we're talking at like a forty five fifty five split between these two running backs in in Detroit. And that's why I just mentioned, I think this is currently the floor we're looking at at the minute. If if Swift can can start making progress, we know he's, he's been on the injury report quite a few times during the week, um, pretty much ever since since week one, really. Um, if he starts to show maybe that he is getting healthier, can he start pushing to to a larger workload? Are, are the, the Lions just holding him back a little bit while, while he's battling through these injuries? It, it remains to be seen. Um, but either way, he's, he's still producing the goods in this timeshare. Like I've said, his upside, it's huge if it, with the involvement that he has in the past game and, and how good he is at, at turning those receptions into, into great fantasy numbers. So, yeah, I think with the value that he's got at the minute, and, and it is a high value, I think he's currently ranked around RB6, RB7 in Dynasty. I'd still be buying, to be honest. I'm I'm more than happy to, yeah. to still still buy high, even if we class that as high, because I do personally think that he could be right up there, top two, top three, um, running back when when we talk about this guy in in a year's time and and after this season, so yeah, I'm getting really excited about Swift. So my question back to to you two is, um, in in the off season, he was, he was a third round pick. I think he was going about 25th player off the off the board in Superflex drafts in August. Where would you be be drafting Swift this time next off season? Do you think? Yeah, it's been a Swift start to year for him. <laughs> um, we 
I'm really glad you brought, brought him up, actually, Matt. I was close to discussing him myself, but I wanted to try and go under the radar and acquire him a little bit before <laughs> gushing about him. So cheers for driving his price up, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, but if, if you're unfortunate enough to follow me on Twitter, you'll assume me predicting he's a top three dynasty running back by the end of the year. Um, I wouldn't put number one out of the question either. It all depends on the injuries to CMC and Saquon, how they recover and how they perform after that. Um, he's got to be on the round one two cusp if I'm predicting uh, next year's startups. I think, like you said, the pass floor is immense. Um, he's 23 years old. He's, he's um, he, he, sorry, he's uh, 23, 20, he might be 23 years old actually. Um, 23 targets on the year. He's only behind one guy, Najee Harris, who is actually a year younger than. Um, I think the Lions are actually building a really nice franchise, building it the right way from the O-line outwards. Um, and we know that this offense is due further upgrades at wide receiver and QB in the future, which I think actually helps him with scoring opportunities and being able to sort of control what they do on the offense. So I'm really positive on Swift's outlook. I think he's a definite buy high. He's a coin flip for me currently as running back three with uh, Jonathan Taylor. And I think if you took him in round three and you start this summer, you're absolutely thrusting all over the place. <laughs> oh, great. I've now got to follow Kev's victory lap on, on Swift. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm personally saving my victory lap for when Trey Lance comes in and after the bye week and absolutely dominates. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a word of warning. But, but no, Swift is someone that I was super high on in the pre-draft process. Um, just a shame that I didn't really end up with a lot of shares of the in the rookie drafts last year. Um, for sure, he's... He's someone I think that's going to be going higher in draft next season. Um, still only going to be 23 years old. So uh, it's same age as Najee Harris is now as a rookie. Um, and agree with Swift. I think he's going to be going at the one-two turn, maybe even higher if he does finish as a, a top five runner back this season. So it'd just be interesting to see what the Lions do in the draft next year. They've got them couple first round picks. Um, their own pick is surely going to be a top five, six pick. Um, but either way, Swift... Swift's going to be a key piece of the offense as they as they build going forward. Um, obviously, got Hawkinson as well. But as you mentioned, Kev, they're going to be looking to upgrade quarterback and wide receiver. Um, so you've got to be really high on Swift's outlook. Um, and as you mentioned, you, I think you've both mentioned that he's a buy high. So what would you guys be prepared to pay for him right now? Jonathan Taylor. Um, no, I think... <laughs> Don't don't even hate it to be honest. No, no I, think, no, I don't. Honestly, I don't. I think things like one that stands out to me is Clyde Edwards Lair's obviously getting a lot of negativity. I think if he shows a few games a bit of promise, I'd be happy to throw Edwards Lair and maybe maybe a first and a second or maybe even two first, just depending mm-hmm. how how desperate I am to get some some short and long term production. Yeah, I don't think there's many running backs that I wouldn't give up to get him. To be honest, I mean, well, would you would you trade Kamara to get him? I would. Ali, <laughs> yeah, would. Uh, yeah, and, I'm, and I mean, he, he was like the RB two or RB three in in startups this off season. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I, there's only really McCaffrey. Uh, I don't know. Who else would you even? <laughs> Darwin Cook. Even, even Darwin Cook. I mean. If I could trade Dalvin Cook and, and get Swift plus a, a little bit extra, hmm. I think I think I'm doing that every day. 
I think we've established that Swift is the uh, dynasty running back one, aren't we? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. My process of elimination, I think. <laughs> I think it. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to start because we're never going to be able to acquire him if we, if we keep oh, no. this. We'll keep it quiet from now on. <laughs> yeah. anyone, anyone listening to this, don't just take me. <laughs> we're going to move on now to a guy that we also need to keep quiet about because we might be trying to, to buy him as well. Who do you want to talk about, Kev? Yeah, I want to talk about Justin Fields. Um, how daft did I feel back in Justin Fields for an anytime touchdown this weekend? Um, <laughs> he had a whopping 80 total yards uh, passing rushing <laughs> against the Browns. Um, to be honest, it wasn't all his fault. It was a rast all day. He took nine sacks. He had multiple hurries and hits. Um, 30% pass completion. It's one of the lowest I've ever seen from a starting QB of that calibre. Um to say he looks poised is an understatement, but like I said, it was a tough situation. It's definitely not all his fault. Um, I've actually got it on good sources from Officer Kluge that none of the Bears players knew the game plan and um, none, none of the players were told what the game plan was, that Fields was set up to fail by head coach Matt Nagy to push the narrative that Dalton was the correct choice as starter. So I think either way, it was terrible coaching. I don't think you can draw any conclusions on Fields based on it. I think other than Matt Nagy's a moron and he's going to be a hindrance for fantasy in the short term. Um, for Fields and his supporting cast, guys like uh, Alan Robinson as well, there's a lot of worry with him. Um, I was actually highest of us three on Fields. Uh, we all had him as Dynasty QB winning stabs. Uh, but yeah, we, we love this talent, but this ain't redraft where we're only focusing on the short term. So I think there is still that hope he does become a quality QB for fantasy. So I just want to know how aggressive you guys are going after acquiring fields and what sort of deals you'll be offering. Yeah, certainly for me, if if there are any fields owners that really didn't like what they saw from fields against the Browns, and I'll aggressively try and trade for him. Um, I'd easily offer up two first right now and just see if that tempts them. If I'd be prepared to put a bit more on top of that as well. So... I'd maybe even offer someone like a, a veteran quarterback, maybe Kirk Cousins, so he's someone who started on on fire and put a first and second or something like that on top and just see if that gets it done. Um, but I don't believe at the minute there are too many nervous Justin Field owners throughout the, the, the one week that he started against that tough defence with, with the nine sacks. Um, I'd actually much rather try and trade for two of the other struggling rookie quarterbacks that, I think of will come a bit cheaper. Um, someone like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, who we've seen them struggle for multiple games now. Um, people are starting to panic about them on Twitter. Um, I'd happily go and offer up a, a first plus for Zach Wilson or a couple of firsts for Trevor Lawrence just to see if it tempts anybody into into trading with me. Um, I just think the asking price for Fields at the minute is still, still a bit higher. Um, if he does have a couple more games where he struggles again, then then I'll definitely be aggressively pursuing it. Um, but I'd probably explore the other two options first. Yeah, I'm the same. I'd definitely be looking to to grab him anywhere I can if there's a an owner that's panicking. But but like Ali mentioned, um, it was thrown in really weren't it, at the deep end against the Browns. They've got star pass rusher Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. I mean, it was always going to be tough for him to to make a hot start against against that defense. Um, and I do think it's going to be a tough time for him for, for the rest of the year, to be honest, or whatever Matt Nagy is still the head coach. And given, obviously, the, the lack of receiving weapons that the Bears have as well, and behind Alan Robinson, he's the only real guy of any, any note. So, yeah, that's also worries for this season. Um, 
the big concern is the Bears not even remotely utilising Fields to his strengths as a rusher. Um, I mean, I've seen it on Twitter that I think Andy Dalton had more rushing in, in week one and week two than, than Fields had in week three, which is just absolutely crazy. They just seem to stick to the same offensive game plan that they had for Andy Dalton when they're using Fields. And I think they need to really let Fields use what he's, what he's good at. And that's obviously as a, as a rusher, if we know what a great rusher is. So, yeah, can't can't quite wrap my head around that one. Um, but long term, I'm still backing that talent to, to shine through. Like you said, Ali, I imagine most owners aren't too... Not too worried at the minute, but I take advantage of any that that are at the moment. Um, if I am in a situation where I can give up a, a, a proven vet quarterback, like you said, Alice, someone even like Stafford, Tannehill, I go as far as Aaron Rodgers as well. If I could, if I could do that and and move either of them uh, them three on, yeah, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. Yes, interesting, interesting. Eh? I think it's with it being real uncertain if he's going to make future starts. It, I think it's one to sort of keep at the back of your mind and think mm. if you're getting towards mid-season and Fields still isn't in the lineup if he's not come back in and there's a contending teams where he's their QB three yeah. and they 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 need a QB to be playing every week and he's meant to be the bye week filling. I think that's the time to put a bit of pressure on them owners and say, look, you're a contending team. Fields is going to be in your lineup. It's on the bench. Would you like Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> I, I just think we're at that awkward, awkward part, aren't we, at the mate of the season where you don't really know quite what you are yet, do you? Don't you can't guarantee that you're a contender if you need to to rebuild. Obviously, if you're if you're three and zero, you, you'd like to think you're a contender. But if you're looking to acquire him, I mean, are we at that stage now where you think, right, I'm I'm blowing up? And because if you've got quarterbacks like <laughs> Stafford, Tannehill, or Rogers, you'd like to think that you're at least attempting to make the playoffs. So. Yeah, I just think we're at that awkward stage at the minute. But Kev, you made a great point. If we start pushing towards those bye weeks and 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 he's the QB three on a contending team's roster, then yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to test him and see if you can get him. Yeah, I know a few teams where they've already started rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> no few owners. Not, nothing against it, but <laughs> nothing against Rich. <laughs> I didn't want to name names, but we all knew what we were talking about. <laughs> And then apparently, <laughs> apparently Fields is in a three-way quarterback battle this week for the yeah. for the starting <laughs> job, so that should be fine. <laughs> Crazy. What is going on? And now we're going to move on to my pick. Um, and I'm going to talk about a guy that we've not really mentioned much over the off-season, and that's Henry Ruggs from the the three and O Las Vegas Raiders. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he's not the flashiest pick, and nor did he have the biggest game this week. But I think we've got to talk about the the 2021st rounder selected 12th overall um, obviously has that incredible draft capital and now it finally seems like they're utilizing him in the right way. Um, finishes the wide receiver nine in week two. Then he's followed up in week three with a 78 yard performance. Um, so things are looking, looking pretty decent for rugs last season when rugs and Brian Edwards were both drafted. We wondered how the receiving options would, would shake up. Um, and we quickly found out that it was just going to be, all Darren Waller once again. Um, but then in year two, we've seen these two both become more integral to the offensive scheme, um, especially Ruggs, who's seen 19 targets to Edwards' 13. Um, but that's obviously still well short of Waller's 33 targets so far, which is to be expected, to be honest. Um, but then look on the positive side. Last year, he only averaged 3.3 targets per game, and he's already over double that, over six targets per game. Um and plus, he's, he's shown that he doesn't actually need that huge volume to rack up the yardage. This season, he's averaging 
21.5 yards per catch, which is a fantastic number. Um, and then quarterback Derek Carr, his plan started at a really high level. His pass attempts are massively up on last season as well, up to 45 from 32 last season. So there's just more volume to go around. Um, and that leads to a higher ceiling for rugs week in, week out. And I think now is someone that you can actually think about starting in your flex spots going forward. So my question to you two is, do you believe that Ruggs can be a startable player week in, week out, given that he's a good start to the season? Yeah, I mean, I think he can be startable, but I do still have my concerns in regards being able to start him and, and having that confidence when you do start him. Um, like I mentioned, now, while he is always dangerous when on the field and he's clearly taken a step forward from last season, I just still don't think he has that safe flow in regards to the receptions. He's averaging less than four receptions a game. Um He's also playing on his 63% of the offensive snap. So it's not like he's always out there getting that that real safe um, targets and, and giving him that safe flow in fantasy. You've just mentioned it as well. Darren Wally, he's obviously the main guy when it comes to these receivers. And also Hunter Renfro as well. He's starting to see more, more targets this season. So it feels like it's just more of a, a spread offense, but we've still Waller that main guy. So Rooks to me still feels boom or bust, but there's definitely no denying the fact that that when he's on the field, he can he can make a play out of nothing with that speed. He showed it shown it this week. He can easily torch these cornerbacks. So there's always that chance that you're going to have that big boom week. And I just I just think I, I can't quite start him with with the confidence yet, and and just feeling safe about it. But as I say, that 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 ceiling can be huge any given week. Yeah, it's been a crazy start to this season. I mean, the fact that he's pacing fellow sophomore Chase Claypool is quite funny. <laughs> Um, I'm not a film grinder, but I like what I've seen from Ruggs this year. He's definitely improved on his rookie season. He's already nearly at 50% of his fantasy output of what he achieved last year. Uh, and he's currently the wide receiver 31 on the season. He's been startable in two of those three weeks as well, the top 40 and a top 10 finish. Um, I think he can be startable right now when you flex on the right team, one with plenty of consistent high floor type players in its lineup. Um, I think in an ideal world, though, you would want more data than a three-week sample, especially considering how up and down that poor rookie season was that he produced last year. Um, you could be right, though, Ali. I don't see the pass volume dropping. The the Raiders are 3-0 and and the pass happy, so imagine what the volume will look like when they start getting panned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point. I just, I've got him in, I think I've got him in two leagues, and the one... The one that I've got him in the wildcard league, I'm just I have to start him because my bench is <laughs> is just all injured at the minute. So I'm just enjoying the ride. He, I mean, he could give me a zero, but then he's had a couple of decent weeks, so just have to enjoy it while it lasts. Because as you mentioned, it's it's not a safe play each week. It's it's got a very low floor, but but that high ceiling is is exciting. So um, no risk it, no biscuit, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> and with that, we're going to move on to our weekly wildcard waivers section uh so this would be where we each highlight a guy that you should be looking at to add from waivers in your dynasty league so matt i'm going to come to you first who's your guy yeah gone for a bit of a homer pick here i've, uh, I've, gone, I've gone for colin johnson the, the wide receiver for for the new york giants um i think he could be a little a sneaky ad this week to be honest in in dynasty leagues um he was picked off by off waivers by the giants when he was cut by the jags during the off season um, got his chance this week, and and even though he did show flashes last season, 18 receptions for 272 yards and, and two touchdowns, he, he managed to produce this week for the Giants. 
Um, we know obviously Shepard and, and Slayton, they they were forced out of the game due to due to hamstring injuries. And it, it turned that that opportunity into seven targets, five receptions and 51 yards, which I, I think it's really impressive to say he's just yeah. come in from, from out of nowhere and put up that, those kind of numbers. Um, could potentially find himself in an expanded role moving forward as well if that, that injury to Shepard and or Slayton forced him to, to miss any extended time. Um, I mean, beyond that, the Giants, they've only got Galladay and, and Tony, who are any, any wide receivers to note. So, yeah, there's definitely an opportunity there. And I don't think you're going to find many young wide receivers with an opportunity like that on your waivers in, in Dynasty. But I'd imagine that Johnson's available in, in most leagues, even deeper leagues, he'll, he'll definitely be there as well. So, yeah, I think getting for, for next to nothing and, and have him as a dart throw. And, and who knows if he gets that opportunity. Yeah, you've read my mind twice this week, Matt, with Swift and now Johnson. I think you're, you're bang on. He's an interesting deeper guy. He's someone to monitor, although you and Giants wide receivers pumped up Kenny G off-season, who's been disappointing. I might, I might have to avoid calling Johnson on this one based on that, but no, I think you're right. It's a, a really interesting selection. I'm sure he'll be uh, climbing the trending players on sleeper after people listen to this show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that you were going to pick Johnson, Matt. Um, <laughs> it's it's really hard to trust any of the Giants receivers, apart from Shepard. He he was the go-to guy. Started off really well, but he's now down. So someone needs to step up. Um, you've obviously got superstar Kenny Lolliday. Uh, <laughs> don't you start, Harry? Don't you start saying that. Right? <laughs> <He's probably looking laughs> <good>. <laughs> We've got <laughs> Darius Slayton, who's who went down with an injury and. And I expect Evan Ingram to to be involved more as he comes back from injury. And dare I say it, Kadarius Tony or Phony as we call him, will he now have a role to play? Um, but obviously, Jones clearly trusts Johnson. Uh, he caught more passes than any other receiver against the Falcons. So for me, yeah, he's, he's a fine ad this week, especially if you've got injuries or if you've got a deeper bench. I've got my tweet saved in my drafts ready. Superstar Giants wide receiver Colin Johnson. I'm ready to fire that one off when it when it gets that touchdown this week. Love it. And we'll move on to to your pick now, Kev. Who are you going for? Yeah, I'm going for Travis Homer, the running back of the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, just first off, I'd like to say that the majority of dynasty leagues are well informed, especially the listeners of this show. So. It is hard to highlight absolute earth-shattering dynasty waves each week, but I'm putting Homer's name forward as a homage to you guys. Uh, nah, I'm only kidding. Um, I just felt it was really interesting that he was second in snaps on the Seahawks this week behind star Chris, uh, Chris Carson. Um, beyond that, it's a mess with Homer, Penny, Collins and DJ Dallas. So I think in the event of a Carson injury, Homer would be the pass down running back, I think. That's a, a fairly substantial role if it was a split backfield. He's he's only 23 years old. Um, I don't think he is going to be the main man if, if something did happen to Carson, but I think he's definitely worth rostering in super deep leagues. Someone that's a pass catcher that could contribute for the odd week or two if there was an injury to Carson, but he's not someone to sort of blow your, your whole fab budget on. He's going to cost you nothing. Um, in a 20-man league, I, I wouldn't bother, but I think if you've got 25-man, 30-man roster, it's worth a shout. Yeah, certainly. He's he's appealing in PPR leagues. I wouldn't be touching him in, in standard leagues with, with no involvement on the ground thus far. Um, behind Carson, there's, there's really nobody. So, so Homer certainly can continue to be fed some targets going forward. So for me, he's definitely a handy free pickup in, in deeper leagues, as you say. 
Yeah, completely agree. I think good stashing in PPR leagues and Kev, you, you highlighted it. If anything were to happen to Carson, you feel like this backfield's going to turn into a committee. And, and if he can get that pass catching role, then yeah, definitely potential upside in, in PPR leagues. Looks yeah, like he's jumped, looks like he's jumped DJ Dallas as well, who yeah. got a little mm. bit of love this off season. Yeah, you did. So move on to my pick. I've going for a really exciting guy here. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton Barber. Um, I've shown a bit of love for the, for the Raiders this show, uh, so yeah. I'll continue it. Um, despite Kenyon Drake being the 15th highest paid runner back in the NFL, lol, <laughs> Peyton Barber has out-touched him 26 to 11 against Miami, which is hilarious. Um, it really was a great outing for Barber. I believe it was his career high. Uh, he continued the the bell cow work on the ground in Josh Jacobs' absence. Went for over 100 yards on the ground, scored a touchdown, resulting in a really nice fantasy week. I think he finishes RB5, I think. Um, but not only that, he, he was targeted five times in the past game. He caught three of the balls for 31 yards, meaning that it wasn't all Kenyon Drake in the past game, who himself only caught three, three balls for, for 33 yards. So just looking at the waiver wire, I think Barber... He's only rostered in 7% of the leagues, according to Sleeper. So he's, he's going to be available in most leagues. And again, I wouldn't be blowing all, <laughs> all of my budget. Um, I'd probably be looking at 5 to 10%, and that's probably generous. Um, but he's so, certainly someone if you need some running back help. And if Jacobs is going to be out an extended amount of time, um, th- then he's interesting. We, we've seen Jacobs, he, he has struggled to, to keep healthy so far in his NFL career. So... He could be a decent guy if you are struggling with injuries. Um, if you've lost, yeah, lost any running backs to injury, then um, which we've already seen so far this season, I think he's he's certainly interested in in deeper leagues to pick up. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure where his performance from Barber came from. It he, he looked absolutely terrible week two. To be honest, he's looked terrible for the last last three years. I think so. Yeah, a bit <laughs> bit shocked that he managed to put up the numbers that he did. And, and like I said, if if you're looking for that running back depth, I think you've got to pick him up in, in deeper leagues because you never know when you're going to need a, a bit of depth at running back. Yeah, I agree with you both. Um, can't, can't have enough running backs that can help you in a spot start. He's probably more talented than Josh Jacobs. Well, um, <laughs> no, nah, I just get it. But I'm surprised he actually outworks Kenyon Drake, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of Drake, but yeah, it it was pretty, uh, pretty shocking. It was a revenge game for him as well, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Peyton Barber season. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's awful. It just shows yeah. what, what we've come to, doesn't it? <laughs> getting on to the fourth week in the NFL and getting excited about Peyton Barber. <laughs> League winner. Oh, dear. And with that, that brings us to the end of today's show where we've discussed some of the key players, Peyton Barber, and talking points from this week's action <laughs> whilst analysing them from a dynasty perspective. So, is there any final thoughts on today's show? I'll come to you first, Matt. Yeah, I'd still say we're at that don't overreact stage of the of the season. Um, if you've made a, a slow start, then yeah, that, don't overreact. But we are slowly getting towards that stage now where you, you might need to start addressing any any common roster issues that you're finding on, on, on your teams. Um, the first few weeks, they've been crazy and unpredictable. Um, but you have to feel that the cream is going to start rising to the top sooner rather 
then later. Um, we're starting to see trends now as well. Obviously, we're in week three, so start paying attention to to players, especially rookies who are starting to see increases in opportunities, but but may yet have, have broken out. So I'm thinking of guys like Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Elijah Maud, um, Deami Brown. I think all these guys are, are guys that are slowly starting to see more and more opportunities. So I just feel like that there's a big performance coming up coming up soon for those guys. Yeah, three weeks in the books, you should have an idea which way your fantasy teams are heading. Um, soon it'll be time to go all in, whether it's making moves to win a ship or to ensure you finish bottom. Um, targeting underperforming guys is a great strategy. I do tend to lean targeting underperforming vets as more of a proven track record. Or if you can get a highly drafted rookie at discount this early on, that's also um, a wise move. Uh, and then just to check out the rosters of the own three teams, it could be some value some desperate trades available if you can persuade them the pressure's on to either save the season or to blow it up and also the three and O teams they might have an underperforming rookie on the bench and they might be leaning towards wanting or needing a win now piece as a preference so again just review the the teams in your league and see what stands out and act appropriately yeah that last bit is a a great piece of advice personally something that i've looked to do and um, certainly it, it helps with your roster construction going forward. But yeah. but yeah, the, the start to the season, I think you mentioned it, Matt, has been absolutely bonkers. <laughs> if you'd have asked me at the start of the season, who'd be week three's highest scoring running back, wide receiver and tight end, and you replied, Najee Harris, Mike Williams and Dalton Schultz, then they'd probably <laughs> take you away and section you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rookie quarterback class that everyone was talking about, it's just playing like hot garbage so far. Uh, nine passing touchdowns between them to 18 interceptions. So it's, it's not been easy going. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. I'm actively going out to try and trade for some of these rookies this week. So I'll update you with my progress. Um, but <laughs> but again, it's it's still early days. There's been so many coaching changes in the off-season, personnel changes across the league. So they all take time to get going. So three weeks is really not not long at all. Um, and there is a few players that I'm starting to get concerned about Robert Woods, people like that, who just been underutilized. Um, but going forward, there's still time to make it right. So don't panic, sell any of these guys, of course, unless, unless I'm trying to buy the rookie quarterbacks off you, then you can sell them <laughs> for chips. <laughs> nice. So, Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. And join us on our next show, which will be dropping on Tuesday, the 5th of October, where we'll be recapping all the key talking points from week four's action and looking forward to Brady's return to the Patriots. Mm. <laughs> be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, so thank you once again. Have a good one and we'll see you soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.